Hello friends and welcome to Thursday's midweek Kings of Anglia pod. We're calling it Kings of Anglia Unplugged today because it's a stripped back, shorter version that we'd normally bring you midweek. Basically, because there's just the two of us involved. I'm your host, of course. I'm always here, Mark Heath, as ever. But most importantly, my man with me today. And it's a throwback to lockdown one, Hutchie. A little bit of nostalgia early doors because we spent most of the summer just talking to each other on this pod. Andy Hutch Warren, how are you? I'm so glad people listened to those. Otherwise... Otherwise, we would just literally have been talking to each other yeah. about very about non-existent football for uh, for three months. Will football be back? Maybe. Tune yeah. in. Ne- tune in next week. But now, it, we, now, it, now it finally is. Yeah, it is back. Um, but you know, who knows for how long? We'll, we will see. How are you finding lockdown too so far, Hutchie? Uh it's all right. It's um, I feel quite lucky to be able to get out and um, go to these games for for work reasons which is uh kind of gives you a bit of a false um false feeling about what this second lockdown actually is because mm. it can't really be a lockdown if if I'm going to watch Ipswich v Crawley at, in the Papa John's trophy can it it's uh maybe may, maybe got a slightly warped uh, warped view of what um what it actually is at the moment feel quite lucky to be doing to be doing things like that yeah, I preferred lockdown one massively. I, I ate, drank and was, was quite merry for most of lockdown one. And it was acceptable. Whereas lockdown two just seems like you say, a bit, bit of a lighter version. Still mm. got to try and keep yourself keep yourself in trim ahead of the uh, the Christmas rush. Anyway, um, let's talk football, shall we, Hutchie? The yes, Papa please. John's trophy. The yeah. Papa John's Trophy. Your favourite competition and my favourite competition now, uh, as long as there's pineapple on said pizza. Um, Town exited the Papa John's Trophy on Tuesday night at the hands of Crawley. It was a very, very young town side. Um, we kind of chatted about it, obviously, before the game. You said you were expecting a, a young team to be named. But when you saw that team sheet, was your mouth agog, as mine was, in terms of just how many youngsters were on there? Yeah, I was uh, I was expecting a few uh, a few extras. Um, full disclosure, we, we, we knew that team uh, maybe... 45 minutes or so before it was announced because we ran into the we ran into somebody uh ran into somebody in a service station who uh who would be aware of what that side was and they suggested it was just kind of Keenan Bennett's and and David Cornell as senior players in there so maybe from that point we knew that it was going to be young but um I'm still surprised that there were certain certain other first teamers weren't given minutes in it because it's hard to see for some of them where their next game of football is is going to come, and I'm sure, I'm sure there were plenty of uh, senior footballers back at Playford Road or, or sat at home um, on Tuesday night, wishing they were playing, um, regardless of the competition mm. and regardless of its stature. I, I know I would be if I was somebody like like Janoy Danasian, um, even someone like Emir Hughes. I'd have I'd have wanted to play in that game, but um, we know what Paul Lambert thinks of it, don't we? And um, and that's the way that he went. Yeah, well, I mean, because that was my that was my first observation was a that's an incredibly young side, and b as you say, the town have got a break now. Uh, they don't play until a week on Saturday, and there are definitely players who would benefit from some competitive minutes. And I was thinking like Caden Jackson, James Wilson, as you say, there Hughes, maybe Denasian, Denasian, Denasians, whatever. Um, but you, not Genoi. Genoi. <laughs> I mean, I can't really see the sense in not naming. A couple of those players in the side, can you? I mean, I know Lambert has complete disdain for the competition, but surely there's an element there almost just of cutting your nose off to spite your face when you've got an opportunity to, to give some players some important minutes in, in a game that actually counts. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't completely follow the logic in in this one. Like you say, you've listed some players there who would. I'm sure they would all have wanted to play. Um, someone like David Cornell, very happy to be playing in that game. Um, Thomas Holy was on the bench, which I also found a bit bizarre. That um, you know, you've you've got young goalkeepers at the club. Do you not? Um, yeah. Do, if you if you're going to do that, go the whole hog and uh, and take the take the young goalkeeper as well to be the babysitter on the on the bench. But maybe maybe Thomas Holy, the babysitter, is what was required, and and maybe he would just forced his way onto the coach because he's such a such a ha- such a happy bloke that he just be like, no no I'm playing I'm playing, and off, and off he goes. But no, I, I'm with you on that. It doesn't. I don't completely follow. I don't completely follow the logic, especially when you look back to. Um, you look at how they started this tournament, which was against against Arsenal's under twenty ones in yeah. I, I guess that was September, wasn't it? Which is where they really sort of lost this tournament. Mm. A ba- basically an Ipswich first team um lost at home to Arsenal's under twenty ones. It was a, an extension of pre season almost. But then to get to the final group game and, and see a, a team with an average age of eighteen and a half, mm. um not completely with the logic on that one. But um mm. It is what it is. The greatest cliche in football it is what it is. And and a fine is what it is, because there's another fine incoming, obviously, for, for yeah. Town and Lambeau, racking up those fines this season. Um, let's talk about the game, though, Hutchie. Obviously, 2-0 um, defeat to a, a team that were effectively Crawley's reserve side as well. Um, what did you make of the game? You, you're famously a fan of watching these games and, and seeing these young players we don't, we don't get to see very often. So what did you make of, of the overall game before we start to talk about the individual players? Mm-hmm. Just just before we get onto that, somebody, apology, I can't remember who it was. Somebody pointed out on um, on on Twitter uh, yesterday, I think. Um, you talk about the five thousand pound fine. Mm. It could possibly that could possibly be cheaper than paying appearance fees for senior players okay. to, to have played in this game. I hadn't ever thought about that kind of logic to it. Um, you know, players have appearance fees. Some some of them only get that for the cups. Some, um, sorry, only get that for the league and not the cups. Some some get them for all of them. I think depending on the contract. But I hadn't I hadn't thought about that that possibility of the fine that it is is an irrelevance hmm. because of because um, it's cancelled out by by not paying those appearance fees. But that's um, that's just thinking aloud and an interesting thought from uh, from social media the other night. Uh, the get the game. Um, I do, I do enjoy watching the young players play. Uh, I find it interesting. It's good to see these young, young players in their early days because you can really then chart where they, where they go in their careers um, and things like that. Sadly, on on this occasion, I think they struggled um, large, in, in many areas. Clearly, every single one of them is an incredibly talented young footballer in terms of their touch, mm. um, their ability to see to see the game. Um, they're positive, and I think the academy produces it. Just produces good football players with a good touch and a, a good attitude to play in the game. Never mm. ever in doubt with Ipswich Town young players. There were some bright moments in there, definitely, but they didn't. They didn't have. They didn't have the goal threat that that would be needed to beat another professional football team. Um, Tyree Simpson extremely hard worker but didn't always have the support or the ball that he needed um mm. and they had long spells where they kept possession nicely moved it around nicely 
then got up to the final third and couldn't quite you know get that get that chance created or get the opening that they needed um mm. but this will be a good experience for for all of them regardless of what you think about the approach to this tournament or or what the loss means to the club or how how miserable you feel about being knocked out of this tournament so quickly and things like that you can't deny that for the nine certainly the nine sort of young players that started this game and then and then two more that came on from the bench it will be a good experience that will really help them going forward but sadly sadly i think crawley were the deserved winners with with two goals from brian gallack um one in either half and 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 really ipswich didn't look like scoring to get back into it after the first one of those went in Hmm. I think Stu said in his in his his um, Stu says bit that um, it, there were kind of shades of the first team in terms of plenty of possession, but but not a lot of kind of cutting edge where you need it. Is that a fair a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, and it comes in it comes in areas where at times I think the opposition are, are happy for for Ipswich to have that possession in terms of knocking it between the centre halves. Is we we it's a similar discussion to what we had after. The Portsmouth game, where we recorded our, our podcast on Monday, um, the first half of that Portsmouth game, Ipswich had seventy odd percent possession, but so much of that was was knocking it between Toto and Siala and Mark McGuinness, and then out to a fullback and back again, and then back to Cor- Cornell, who uh, who then looked to to work an angle to play a ball out, and that that happened a lot in this game as well. Um, mm. Early on, I think the mid- the Ipswich midfield found the pace of the game a little bit tough, which is understandable. Um, you know that they they're so young in there, and it was a Crawley reserve side, but there was certainly more experience in that reserve side than than this Ipswich youth side. Mm. So, so you know what? There's a, there's absolutely no disgrace in in this particular Ipswich side losing this game. I don't think, um, regardless of what you think of what it says about the club as a whole, I think they're two very different issues, aren't they? Mm, mm. I thought what would be interesting for people um, would be to go through each of the each of the players who played and just get your thoughts on them because a lot of the players be the first time maybe that people have seen them or heard of them. Um, so yeah. I thought it would be useful to go through. Um, obviously, Cornell we know about um, one of his kind of um, performances so far this season. What, what did you make of what did you make of, of Cornell? Uh, Corn- he had ab- absolutely nothing to do really apart apart from pick the two goals out um first one a header um the second one was a really really good finish from Gallac. i thought I, I i've seen that he's got a bit of stick from some for that for that second goal but i thought i thought it was a really good finish um I, he didn't have an awful lot to do other mm. other than that the say, saying that the, these two games he's kind of spoken about these two cup games portsmouth and then crawley of being games where he could push they are his opportunity to push Thomas Holy for a start, and I'm not convinced he's not convinced he's done that. So I feel sure that Thomas Holy will, um, without doing an awful lot wrong, I'm not sure he he's going to be pushing Thomas Holy for a start in, when the league uh, when the league schedule resumes in a week or so. Yeah, hard to put Cornell in, isn't it? After two straight defeats, yeah. Dylan Crow. Dylan Crow is a name we've heard for a while. Um, lots of uh, kind of plaudits and and hype attached to his name. What did you make of Dylan Crow? Yeah, he's a he's maybe had to wait a bit longer than any of any of us or, or anybody thought he would for a, a debut in this competition. He's had his injuries as well. Um, uh, but he's an England youth international who's been linked to some big clubs in this country and in Germany as well in the past. Um, he signed up on a professional contract now. 
and like all of them, he's got he's got a good first touch, a good positive first touch, and he does look to get forward. But in in this game, they weren't able to do that an awful lot. I've I've seen him play at right back. I've seen him play as a mid central midfielder, and I've seen him play as a right winger. And I think I like him. I think I like him best at a right back, which is where he where he is generally. Hmm. Centre back pairing now. Uh, shall we start with Corey and Darber again? Obviously, yeah. one of the few, the few times we've seen him this season. What, what did you make of Corey? I really like Corey, um, as I'm sure I've I've made clear on on this uh, this pod over the years. I I think he's got I think he's got all of the attributes in there that um, that are needed to to be a successful player for Ipswich. I don't think this was one of his best games. Um, I think there was some some frustration in there, some some concentration lapses. He got rolled early by the big uh, by the big Crawley striker German. Um, or German, I'm not sure how how he's pronouncing that. Um, uh, could maybe have been a bit physically stronger there, and some frustration as well with some some passing, trying to force the issue a little bit with his passing, kind of get the ball a bit longer, a bit more direct, quicker out to the fullbacks, and they ended up sailing into into touch. But um, again, he'll benefit from 90 minutes in this, and he's he's one that I really like. I, I'd like to see more of him going forward, but I'm not sure this was his, his greatest night. What I will say about Corey and Darber, although he may not be completely full product as a, as a player, as a, as a uh, media man post game, he is fully professional. He's got all the cliches going. You watch the first few minutes of that, that interview with town after the game. I think he had, he had the, uh, we all put a shift in. He responded to every mm-hmm. question with, with with yeah definitely which is the standard way that players have to respond to any question yeah definitely um i think he i think he actually broke out it is what it is as well in there real real um excellent performance post match in the media i'd say for cory um yeah he does he did he did do well in that um yeah. that's the first time i think that's the first time i've kind of officially spoken to him after a game i've come i've i've spoken to him a few times and he seems like a he's a very confident young man and yeah. i think i think he might have um might have figured a few things out over the last uh last couple of years or, or so but he's going to get some stick for the amount of year definitely he's in there because <laughs> he's, he's very very quick to give out that kind of abuse to his fellow youngsters particularly jack lancaster yeah. Um, so I'm sure they've all seen that now, and we'll give him his fair amount back. Fair play. They're clearly getting well schooled on the on the ways of uh, dealing with the media at town. Um, Le- Levi, Levy, Levi, isn't it? Levi Ando. Levy. Make of him. Levy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Levy. Uh, I really like the look of him. Um, particularly, I've I've seen him a, f- a few times now in the 23s, both as a right back and a centre back. Um, I think he played really well in this game. He he started it maybe looking a little bit nervous. Um, in the first few minutes, some some balls rolled under his foot, a couple that that got away from him. But I think he's got attributes too. Uh, he's he's quick, he's strong, um, decent in the air, and positionally good too. Um, he's one he's one I like as well. Super, just rounding out the defenders. Then the other Tommy Smith. Yep, the new Tommy Smith. Yeah. Um, he's. Uh, he came. I think I first saw him at Peterborough in this competition last season, where he came from memory. He came on at half time, had a really ropey ten minutes, but for the final half an hour was um, was really quite solid. And you know he was solid solid enough in this one. Like the rest of them, really good on the ball, can move it, um, move it quickly. Um, 
laser focus. He, he he looks like he's really locked into the game while he's playing, which is obviously a good thing. Um, but yeah, he uh, yeah he's he's one they like as well. I know that midfield. Hutchie, I'll let you I'll let you choose where we start midfield wise. Who do you want to start with from the uh, the engine we'll start, room? We'll start at the base of it. Xander Saziba, who yes. um, he is a winger. <laughs> really uh, by by trade um he's played this game as a as a holding midfielder and found that a bit tough at, at times but came into the game really well as well um really good on he's really good on the ball he and a good vision to kind of bring others into play um he's he fought, he's a former Tottenham youth who'd been highly rated there but it's, um, I think he's had injury problems as well with a back problem, but has come back, has come back really well. He's he's sort of nailed down a, a position in the under eighteen squad and has then pushed on to the under twenty threes, largely as a winger, um, and has done well there. So he's one, he's one they like as well. They're, this is a crop I think they're pretty fond of in in general. Actually, this this group of players. So yeah. I'd like to see him in his more natural position, really. Mm, mm. Alan Viral, teenage Frenchman, making his debut. Uh, Viral, we're going Sorry. for that one. Viral, yeah. Al- Al- Alan Viral, yeah. He's a uh, he's another kind of in the uh, in the group that kind of came over. He's a bit younger than Idris, but from a similar kind of route. Um, Viral, and again, he's in, he's in the same mould. He's a He's a player that likes the ball. He likes to try and use it, but I think he, as as much as if not more than than others, found the going a little tough in this one in, in terms of the pace of it. Uh, he was asked asked to do an awful lot in that in that position and didn't always find it particularly easy. But when, when I've seen him in the twenty threes, he's he's looked assured and. And a good, good, young, rounded young football, actually, kind of a, a rounded midfielder who's got a little bit of everything in there. Mm, mm. So, yeah, I, I, I think he found this one maybe a little tougher than some of the others. Alan, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, I'm, I'm very sorry for totally anglicising your name there. Alan, Alan Viral. Uh, yeah. It's Alan, all, this, Alan, it's all the virus chat, mate. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. anything virus related has just like infected your infected Indeed. your brain over the last eight months, and. Yeah. Um, that's that's just the way it goes. I'm sure I'm sure Alan will be okay. Yeah, je suis désolé. Apologies, Alan. Um, <laughs> Liam Liam Gibbs. We've heard a lot about Liam. He, he obviously yeah. um, is very young. We've seen a, we've seen a bit of him. What did you make of him on on Tuesday? He he was one of the standout players, I thought, in the Gillingham game, which yeah. he started um, and played really well in that. He's got a good touch. He's got ideas, and he's positive. He he. He likes to try and get up onto the edge of the box. He's a bit of a box-to-box player. Has got a good engine on him, and was able to show that in this in this competition uh, this season in the two games that he's played. So he he's one that I think they would be hoping that if not the end of this, maybe next will be a bit closer to the the real first team. I think. Mm, mm. Now then, the key one, of course, the crane train baby made his full debut. And I'm led to believe impressed. Actually, tell me, tell me more about Ross Crane. He was all right. Yeah, he uh, well, come on. <laughs> he played. He played on the right. 
<laughs> he played on the right wing and a, a slow start, I thought. Um, but he came into it and had some tricky moments and some really good touches where he looks perhaps the most likely player to make something happen. Yes. He only he only managed an hour. Um but he he's kind of got he's got some physical skills as well. He's 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 bigger than than some of the other mm. some he's bigger than some of the other boys. Yeah. And <laughs> and he's and he was able to use that to mix it a little bit more. But no, he he was positive. I I you know, there was some some decent side without getting too carried away. That's me. You can get carried away if you want. Yeah. Um, without getting too carried away, there were some decent. There were some decent signs there. Yeah. Um, I think he's a fair distance away from being at the level of of pushing for the first team. Um, but that's not to say he won't get there in the future. There was there were definitely some some signs there from him. There's um in terms of physicality of him, he's obviously a big lad, isn't he? He's kind of a boy in a man's body. It kind of echoes of Connor Wickham in that in that respect. He's got that kind of yeah physique ahead of his years, isn't he? Yeah, not quite as ahead of his years as Connor Wickham was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's shade there's shades of it there. Um, but you you probably don't want him to be too big as no. well, given the position that he's that he's playing. But yeah, there's you know. All up because of the the virus and everything, we've we've not been able to watch the twenty threes in the same way as we have been previously because mm. we're not allowed up at the training ground. But so all all I've seen of him was a minute against Gillingham and then uh, this game. And for that hour in this game, there was some there was some decent there was some decent signs there. So that can um, that can fuel you until yeah. until this time next year when we might see him again. You're saying there's a chance. Um, Keenan Bennett should have been one of the best players on the pitch, but he wasn't. Yeah, they'd they'd have wanted more from him. Um, He was another one, like Cornell, that you're thinking that these two games, uh, his window, his his chance to really push into first-team contention, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he has. He would have have wanted to have done more. The coaching staff would have wanted him to have done more. He had some moments where he was able to get the ball and, and use it well, driving towards goal. Um, some others where he looked a bit frustrated, um, maybe because he wasn't able to link up with, with other teammates, things like that. But he would have wanted to have, he'd have wanted to have done more in this one. His probably most notable impact was an incident where he played the ball into the box and it, it did look like it came off a crawly hand but mm. Ipswich don't get those decisions so <laughs> you have to uh, you have to budget for you have to budget not to have them don't you absolutely and then just rounding out the starting 11 Tyree Simpson obviously we've seen quite a lot of big Tyrese um I like him what, what did you make of you in this game really quiet I like yeah. him I like him too um I think when I first saw him in the first team last year, um, there were some some hell of a hell of a rough edges on him that mm. needed that needed to be rounded off, um, particularly in terms of first touch. Um, but which he's done to his credit, his first touch is is much improved from when kind of first saw him play. Mm. But in this one, he just didn't he didn't see an awful lot of the ball, sadly. So that's uh, that's all she wrote for him. We should also obviously cover the substitutes. One of them was a history maker. Let's start with him. Jack Manley, now officially the second youngest player in town history behind only the aforementioned Mr. Wickham. What did you make of young Jack? A name, I've got to be honest, I've never heard of. 
only just behind Connor Wickham as well. I think it's only yeah. like 11 days. So um, had he made this appearance in the Gillingham game, he would have he would have been the club's youngest ever player. I think it's, it's worth pointing out that, that Wickham's debut came in a competitive game in the championship when mm. Ipswich were very much had, had plenty to play for. So that just makes Wickham's achievement all the more ridiculous, really, because with the greatest of respect to this competition, it's it it is what it is, and it is where <laughs> and it is where it is. So, oh yeah, I mean, Wick, Wickham's an yeah. entirely different player. Yeah, Jack's great, isn't he? He was a whole yeah. different level of player. But um, what did you make of Young Jack anyway? Paul Lambert has mentioned him a lot, Does he? and over the last maybe year or so, um, both in, both kind of on the record and off the record. He he's one that they've known. I think since he was 14 that they they liked him. He's a number 10-ish. I'm led to believe he plays on the left um, quite regularly where he's able to drift in on a, on a right foot, um, mm. which Lambert likes. Uh, we've seen that with his wingers. He likes Lancaster coming in on his left and he likes Sears coming in on his right and grudgingly seems to like using Quillen Edwards coming in on his right as well. But no, Manley looked positive. Some light, some neat touches. He didn't necessarily have an awful, an awful lot of time to impress. But he, you know, he's he's one they do like, and um, wouldn't be surprised if he was certainly involved in this competition again last year, uh, next season. But yeah. um, there's there's talent there, and he, who, he's kind of, he's kind of similar, similar kind of player. From from what I can see, to Ben Knight, who was okay. the young lad who ultimately went off to Manchester City and is doing quite well for himself there mm. now, in terms of not you know the boy's sixteen, so he's got a lot of growing to do, but he looks quite small and um and maybe can be bounced around a little bit by by adults, which is what obviously a, a worry for a lot of young players. But there's clearly some ability there, and that he's clearly one that they rate. I, like, I love that, Hutch. You dipped into manager speak there. The the boy is 16. That's classic, classic <laughs> that's, manager speak. That's Steve Evans speak, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> the boy, the boy Lambert, the Lambert boy. Just finally, Zach Brown, a debut for Zach Brown, striker. has been scoring goals for fun in the under-23. scored a hat-trick the other day in that mental game. I think they won 5-4. Um, what, what did you make of Zach? He looked quite bright, didn't you, when he came on? He did. He's he's another that I've, I've liked when I've seen him in the... Um in the under 23s before um, he came on for half an hour here. This was his debut. I'm a bit surprised that he hadn't uh, come on previously. I think he was on the bench for the Gillingham game without getting on, but um, he threatened almost immediately. He like within a minute or so, he was like, flashing across, across the box and also had a, a shot wide um, that he might have hoped he'd hit the target with, but he was really bright when he came on. One of the standout players, I thought. Mm. Mm. And there we have it. That's that's you brought up to speed with all the youngsters. What did you make, Hutchie, of um, Lambert post-game? First of all, it's quite unusual that Lambert does post-game for a, for a trophy game. Um, and obviously, he was very, very, as is his want, very, very enthusiastic about the performance. I suppose he's not going to come out and say the kids were all shit. But um, what, what did you make of A, Lambert addressing the media post-game and B, what he said? Well, I'm glad he did. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's a, a deep contrast to... Um... <clears throat> The Crawley, the Crawley manager, who um, <laughs> who didn't take the game, he didn't. He he left it to his assistant and two kind of senior 
senior players to to run the game and instead sat himself down uh, for co-commentary duty on BBC Sussex. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting approach. I think Brenner Woolley's already got the request in for Paul Lambert to do uh, to do some co some co match uh, co commentary with him in the in the in the coming future. I got no, it's, it's great. I think it's good that he he came and did the the media after the game because people want to hear from people want to hear from the manager. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think the praise was a, a little bit over the top. Yeah. Um, but he's trying to build these. He's trying to build these young players up, which which you know you can't you can't knock that. But I think you could, in the context of how we've heard first team performances overhyped mm. over the course of the last few weeks, maybe you could read the room a little bit and and dial it dial it back and and just just dial it back just a little bit without without sort of doing anything that's going to knock the confidence of these young players. Yeah, a cynic, Hutchie, a cynic would suggest that maybe Lambert, part of the reason Lambert took the media is because he just played loads of kids and all, all managers like to be associated with playing the kids, don't they? Do you reckon there's anything in that? Possibly, possibly. He, he Whether he'd done the interview after the game or not, he would still be the manager that played that played these kids um, mm. should he want to use that to his credit down the line. Um, possibly, possibly. Mate, yeah. Maybe. Uh, also, the the Crawley manager, John Yems, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I bet you have. You bet you think you're lucky stars. You don't have to deal with him on a weekly basis, given some of the interviews I've seen from him this season. He's 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 incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one word for it. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a simple question about um, was that substitution due to injury or tactical? Yeah. So the response was, "Do you think I'll give a monkey's what anyone <laughs> what anyone thinks what anyone thinks?" They're my decisions and I'll make them. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, that's uh, a, di- a different challenge that would that would present. And that is a great impression of him. That's exactly how he sounds as well. Yeah, I feel I felt sorry for that poor radio reporter, that interview. If you've not seen it, Google it because I'm sure you can find it. It's uh yeah, you can see him basically just reducing in size at the poor interviewer as he as he asked the questions. <laughs> <laughs> um Right then, Hutchie, let's move on. There's been quite a lot uh, before we move on, of course. Anything else you want to mention from the game itself? Um, there was no pizza. Ah, oh, disappointing. That, that yeah, that was a disappointment. Um, but uh, no, no other business other other than it was nice to see Marcus Stewart again. Marcus was on uh, commentary duty with Brenner. Hmm. Um, he's a he's a lovely fella, and um, yeah, it was nice to to catch up to catch up with him again. And that's uh, all. I've got, that's all I've got to say. Excellent. Of course, features in your brilliant Wembley 2000 documentary. If you've not seen it, why not? Get on YouTube now and watch it. Join the thousands of people who have and enjoyed it. Um, many have watched it twice and three times, I believe. Uh, and it also has brought many to tears. Um, <laughs> Hutchie, let's talk about the big debate, which which I, I'm really interested in. There's, there is a real kind of cup half full, cup half empty debate going on amongst town fans at the moment. Um, a lot of people very upset that, that Town exited the trophy in the way that they did, um, and others not caring at all. Uh, a, a lot of people questioning Lambert, and a lot of people saying, hold on, we're second in the table. What what what, what are you worrying about? So I'll take a few thoughts from the Kerry Army, and then maybe we can have a little chat about it. Yep. Um, Wes says Lambert's got no excuses now, one of the best squads in the league, no cup distractions, down to virtually no international players. 
time to shit or get off the pot. Chris Bennett says this last week would have been forgotten about if we win the next three games. And ultimately, that's what it's all about. Hopefully, we have a few of the injured players back by next Saturday. We set sail again. Um, Tom refs and getting down to Norwood firing again would make a massive difference. Keep up the good work, lads. Cheers, Tom. Old friend Brad from Glory Days Artwork. Last season, we got off to a great start and we had Downs, KVY, Norwood and Wolfenden in the team. With these players all now coming back and sitting second in the league, shouldn't we all be a bit more optimistic? I still believe we can do this. Sheepy, the priority has got to be the league. I'd love to see a cup run, but this season has to be out cocking up, not cocking up, excuse me, our promotion push again. I'm optimistic about this season. If injuries don't become an issue, we have the squad to contend for the top two. Cheers, guys. Um, and the opposite view, The Pin, our old friend The Pin, friend of the show, says, you guys remind me of the band who played on as the Titanic sank. You know, you know the love I have for you all as you try to find a ray of light in a dark room. Trust me, once you accept you're going downwards fast, it becomes a beautiful journey. And by the way, do any of you play fantasy football? Yes, The Pin has his own podcast now. He's moved on. Uh, and he's talking about fantasy football on a weekly basis. So um, have a look at that if you can. And David Flisher, sick of Lambert's incredible nonsense and not caring about cups, even when there's a big gap after the game and being unable to play for 90 minutes. There's five defeats in seven, an eternal Groundhog Day and constant underachievement being rewarded. So then, actually, there's, um, there's a range of views. As you say, the um, town have lost their last three games in a row. Obviously, there's there's various reasons for, for all three of those losses, refereeing decisions, um, weakened squads, however you want to do it. And they've also now lost five of their last seven. Um, so where do you stand on this kind of uh, debate? A, what do you make of town being out of all the cups by the middle of November? Um, I'm not. I'm disappointed that, bizarrely, I'm more disappointed that they're out of the the trophy than I than I am the FA Cup for some reason. I think that's just me being slightly strange. Mm. Um, I'm not. I'm not devastated by it, but at the same time, I'm also not. I'm also not in the camp of um, thinking that it's the best thing that they are out of them. Mm. Um, I'm not. The port. The Portsmouth one. Less bothered by that because. Because they. They went for it. It feels like the Papa John's was conceded um, when they could have progressed. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I think a similar side to the one that played Portsmouth, maybe with a couple of extra youngsters in, would have beaten Crawley and moved oh. through. Um, I think that competition could be beneficial for keeping for keeping people engaged, other players engaged, and mm-hmm. giving players that may well be needed minutes. But I'm not. I'm not devastated. They're out of the cup because all the eggs really do need to be in the League One in the League One basket. But what this does mean it, it is another stick to to beat Lambert and and his coaching staff with. Should things go off the rails mm. league wise, is it? I don't think there's any getting away from that. It, it just is fuel on that. It's fuel on that fire, and it yeah. and it will intensify. It will intensify any any critique, any criticism that that may or may not come depending on how, how things go in the league, particularly once it resumes next weekend with, with a run of three home games in a week. That's it's very rare that you get that sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday home stand. Mm. Um, I think that's really, 
really important for Ipswich. And I know we've said this before about spells of this season and what it might mean and how crucial this group of games is. They kind of got through all of those despite some disappointing losses. They've they're still second in the table, having got through those. But it's really, it's really quite bunched in there now. Um, mm. And there are no gaps. There are no, nobody's pulled away at the top. Although I think Peterborough will. If I'm completely honest, I think Peterborough could could run away with the league from this mm. point. Um, so anything less than a, a really good return from these three upcoming games, which I'm sure we'll talk about next week in a mm. bit more detail. I think that's when you'll see what Ipswich are made of. Shrewsbury should be beating them. Hull and Charlton, two teams that are going to be difficult. Um, I think we'll know an awful lot about Ipswich by the time that those are done because a lot of the the concerns that, that I and many others have relate to those kind of games against Hull, Charlton. Um, mm. We shall see. But um, much much to the tone of um, much to the tone of what. What Stuart wrote this morning, which um, I'm sure plenty of people will have read, his his thoughts on on where Ipswich are at. I, I'm still where I am when we spoke about this last week, and when we spoke about it at the start of this week, mm. I'm still I'm still unconvinced that I- Ipswich are are the team that they need to be at this point. Although I'm maybe a little, I'm maybe edging naively towards the more positive side of it. I don't know. It's always good, be, it's always good in life to be positive, yeah. actually, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you what I think about, about the Cups. I'm not necessarily upset that they're out of all the, all the knockout competitions. It's just, for me, it sticks in, sticks in the old core a little bit when you don't try and win, when you, as you say, almost kind of surrender the, the trophy. Um, because I think winning breeds winning and that mentality um, and in no way is losing three games. However, you've lost them three games in a row. That's not good. Going into going into uh, a break, um, and, and for me, I just thought it was a sad kind of indictment of where Town are as a club. Now, obviously, they won the FA Cup in nineteen seventy eight. They beat Arsenal in the final, and now in twenty twenty, they've exited the Papa John's Trophy at the first round stage. In doing so, part of the process, they lost to Arsenal under twenty ones. And I also don't, I'm not really a big fan of this. Well, you know, there's too many games. How many games did Town play in 1981 when they had a much smaller squad and the game was a lot more physical uh, and yet they they managed it then? Um, It just worries me, that kind of, uh, kind of meekly surrendering of games. I I think you should try and win every game that you're in. And if you don't, you don't, that's fine. You're not going to win every game unless you're Arsenal, uh, the the untouchables or whatever. Um, a few more thoughts yeah. from the Carry Army. Harvey Davis says, I agree with you, lads, um, regarding Ellis Harrison from, from earlier this week in the pod. He would have thrived in a 4-3-3. Sorry, Harvey. Of course, friend of the show. Sweet Welsh Prince. Um, McGavin was clearly man of the match against Portsmouth. Wilson was really unlucky to miss out uh, against Crawley. I think we miss his calming, no-nonsense influence at the back. Harry Butcher, another friend of the show, says, I don't care about the Cups, but it's all just rubbish. Stay safe and physically active in these troubling times, boys. Thank you, Harry. Same to you. Sindre Eliasson, our Viking friend, as we've just been talking about, he says, cheer up is my suggestion. Negativity won't help anyone. Sindre, you may have a chat with, with David. Um, Harrison Smith, this may seem a snap reaction after two cup defeats, but I honestly cannot see how this season is any different to last. And if so, 
why we have any chance of promotion whenever it's discussed. It's always, we should be up there, but I just don't see it with Lambert at the helm. Brad says, is it ridiculous to suggest I really wanted us to go on a cup run to potentially draw a championship side in the third round and test ourselves to see where we're at, given that we all feel we should be in the league above? FPL Tractor. I get that with the short season, lack of glamour cup revenue and ridiculous salary cap, the league takes total priority. It's a shame, but I get it. This is a key month for the Honey Badger with tougher-looking games. We're in a decent position, but we were last year too. Um, and then Nigel G, friend of the show, NHS hero. Um, not worried about the Cups. Major concerns that this season is starting to follow last season's theme, though. Too slow and pedestrian when we have the ball. Easy to play against. Defensive frailties. We do have the players to have a promotion push. But do we have the manager to motivate them? Um, Jamie Carpenter, I feel it's a good thing being out of the Cups. We can now play the strongest team every game. Who in their right mind wants a Cup run over promotion? With the injuries we've had so far and to still be second in the league, I cannot see how fans are calling for Lambert's head. And finally, Dave Gort, this spell up to Christmas could be seen as one of the most important in the club's recent history. Failing these six weeks and the damage may be beyond repair. Improve the play, win some games against top opposition and momentum may start to build to the desired outcome. So yeah, actually, I mean, that's just touching on what you say there. Um, these next few games after this break are going to be massive, aren't they? Yeah, and it's it's really compact all the way through to the turn of the year. I think I think whatever happens, what what can't be allowed to happen is the kind of the, the drift mm. down down the downwards drift again. That needs to be nipped in the bud quickly if if it feels like that's happening again, I would say, because mm. the season was kind of the league table doesn't lie, but at times kind of December, January time, it was lying and that can't, that can't, I don't think that can be allowed to happen again. I think if, um, if things start to really drift off and there's an inevitability about sort of treading water and then going to slip down that table, that's when maybe an act needs to come from above. Um, and I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, um, anything religious. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I I think I am edging towards the, the more positive side of things and I, a lot of the reason why is because because they've got a settled system in there mm. it makes me feel it makes me feel more comfortable that they're not going to just start chopping, changing, desperately searching for something I think I really we've talked about systems so much on this over the last year or so but mm. What they're currently using, a 4-3-3 or whatever you want to call it, I like it. I really like it. The goals are coming from midfield at times. The wingers are, the wingers maybe need to see a bit more consistently from them. But I don't think with, with Ollie Hawkins, with the greatest of respect to him, he's a, you, can't, you can't knock his effort or, or sort of overlook what he does bring. I don't think that system's made for him. Hmm. The fact that James Norwood came on last weekend and had an impact like he did, he's looking lean. Yes, there are some off-the-pitch issues that he's going to be dealing with over the next few weeks and months, um, which uh, will, you know, are a distraction. But that gives me some positivity that if they can get a striker involved in this system, and there's Caden Jackson, of course, now involved yeah. as well, 
that is where my edge of of positivity is coming from. But we need to see it on the pitch. It's all it's all well and good having kind of theories, isn't it, and hopes. But you know, it's it, it's got to happen on the pitch, and I it needs to. It, it just needs to be more like the second half of the Portsmouth game rather than the first. Mm. That's that that sums it all up to me. The the worries of this system are the first half. Um, I think I think as as with as with sorry, carry on, mate. So yeah, the first half slow, uh, methodical, lack of any bite. That's the concern. Second half was really quite good. Um, I think they yeah. completely overgassed themselves and were done for extra time. But um, second half much better. More of that, and they'll be okay. Any more of the first, I don't think they will be okay. Hmm. I think as with any debate in life, you can make a, a compelling argument for either side. I think I could argue passionately that, that it's all going to go shit to shit again and also that there is there's reason to be hopeful. And for me, one of the biggest reasons to be hopeful, and you touched on it there in terms of Norwood and Jackson, is Tanner in this position having suffered all these injuries already this season. And that's definitely different to last season. The injuries were still to come. And you look at the quality of players that are going to come back into the side um, obviously, you've got your Norwoods, you've got your Flynn Downs, you've got KBY, hopefully one day, even, even players like Scoose and, and Drizzy, all to come back. Um, so I think that kind of just edges it towards positivity for me. But there's no doubt that now Lambert has no excuse. It's promotion or bust. Anything other than finishing in the either the top two or the top six, getting into the playoffs and, and, and winning, going up, um, is going to be judged as a failure, as it should be for a team like Ipswich Town at this level, and certainly the next few weeks are going to be massive in, in terms of that. Hutchie, you've got six days off coming up now. Um, no football in that time. What are you going to be doing? Not a lot, obviously, given it's lockdown no, not, too. But... <laughs> uh, not an awful lot. Um, probably lots of trips to the woods and walks by the sea. And, uh, nice. And um, maybe some baking. <clears throat> oh, maybe, maybe some baking. What's your go-to, baking? I'm a savoury baker. Mm-hmm. Um, I might make some bagels. Oh, lovely! Some crumpets. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that kind of thing. We'll we'll see. It's, that chapter is is still to be written. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, uh, I hope you have a a good few days off. Um, I hope everyone listening at home has a, has a good weekend. Um. All that leaves me to say is the usual stuff. Follow us on uh, Kings of Anglia across all social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. As I say, go and watch Hutchie's Wembley 2000 documentary if you've not. Um, leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that helps us greatly visibility-wise in the charts. And also look out this Sunday for, I think, the third in season two of Ross Meets, um, which is Matt Holland, which is a good listen this this Sunday. Obviously, super Matt, legend of these parts. Right then, Hutchie, we better get on, um, start filling some stuff, get ahead of the weekend when there's going to be no football. At least we know town are going to go on unbeaten this this weekend have a great weekend everyone we'll talk to you next week i'm not entirely sure when it'll depend on staffing obviously a lot of the boys they've got time off now but have a good one and we'll speak to you again next week from true crime to football brexit to postal more great podcasts from archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
Ask an Archer, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archer.